We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket Can. So glad to have you. So much to unpack after what we watched yesterday in the NFL. We'll get to college a little bit later on in the show. But Perloff, I think the three big takeaways, Bills choke, Mm -hmm. Cowboys choke, Jeff Saturday wins are kind of like the three sort of headlines. And we have yet to really dive in on the Cowboys and the Packers. Could have been a a season-saving win for, for the Packers. Definitely. No doubt. They pull it out in overtime. But I didn't know this stat was true. They mentioned it on the broadcast yesterday. Uh, I must have missed that graphic. But the Cowboys were 195-0 and when leading by 14 points after three quarters. First of all, how no are we sense. not talking about that like every day? That's incredible stat. The funny thing about the, the loss of the Packers, it didn't feel like it was an epic meltdown or blowout because it felt like the Packers fought their way back into the game fair and square. Not like, what was the uh, Frank Wright game? The Bills actually won that game, right? Yeah, the Bills, big, the biggest comeback ever. The biggest the comeback Oilers, ever. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't like that at all. It felt like the comeback sort of happened organically. Does that make sense? Well, a little bit more methodical, maybe less fluky. Yeah, like we got to look. So when did the Packers score to make it less important? Because this does not feel like a historic failure by the Cowboys. It felt like they lost the game and they screwed up. But I didn't watch that game and say, wow, that is the biggest meltdown I've ever seen the Cowboys have. Well, I think that it, for most people, I think looking at one major play, and obviously because it was an overtime, it was Mike McCarthy's decision to go for mm-hmm. it on fourth and three. Now, McCarthy said that he decided this on second down when it was second and 19 after a holding penalty on Connor McGovern. They were second and 19. Prescott goes to Dalton Schultz for 16 yards. Then third and three, incomplete to CeeDee Lamb. Probably could have had a pass interference there from Jair Alexander. They're definitely not calling that, though, in Lambeau at that time. You are not getting that call. So you pass the ball on third and three, which I think was probably the mistake because then you're at fourth and three. Everyone knows, well, you don't have to pass, but they decided to pass and obviously was incomplete to Tony Pollard. Yeah, and Dak Prescott almost made the most incredible play and got a completion off while falling to the ground. By the way, just to backtrack for a second, the Packers closed to 28-21 with over 10 minutes left in the game. So it was 28-21. It's just incredible. The Cowboys have never blown a bigger lead. They've been around a long time. And then they scored. There really was plenty of time left when they scored to tie it up. So it didn't feel like this epic meltdown. I don't kill Mike McCarthy for this fourth down call because field goal was off the table. 53 yards. 53 yards into the wind. Into the wind. Probably off the table. Maybe you try it. You're not going to punt there at the 35. That would have been terrible. I rather would. I would have liked to see them run the ball on third and three. Yeah. That's where I think but, okay. the mistake was made. All right. That's very fair. But put your coach's hat on fourth and three. What would you have done? Well, I, on fourth and three, you know, I, I don't think it was a slam dunk you had to pass there. Okay. But you would have gone for it. Oh, yeah. I definitely would have gone for oh, it. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah, okay. yeah. We're both in agreement on that. Yeah. No, Pollard was killing him. I, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's a good point. But, but it was incomplete to Pollard. They still tried to get the ball. To kind win. of similar to Josh Allen in fourth and two in the fourth quarter against the Vikings. You want the ball in the hand of the quarterback when it's fourth and three. You don't want to run into the line. No, I get it. And I also understand not wanting to kick the field goal because Rodgers and the Packers had some mojo at that time, and you're going to give them really good field position. And it turned out you gave them that field position anyway. And it turns out you gave it to them anyway. Um, And also, you didn't really expect Christian Watson, who hasn't been able to catch a ball all season long to catch three touchdowns. Dude turned into Jerry Rice overnight. Like, amazing. And the catch on the fourth down, like – 
how did he just take that to the house? Here's the one thing where I feel like Cowboys fans, I think, are going to be ticked off about this. And maybe it's because you're on the road in Lambeau. But again, with the penalties, the penalties, Mm. the penalties, just what a kick in the teeth. Every time it seemed like you got this big play, all of a sudden you get a penalty, bringing it back. And that's got to be just so frustrating for Cowboys fans because you should have had that game. Let's go to the phones. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Francois is in Dallas, wants to talk about the game yesterday. Francois, how's how's it going? It's going good. I really appreciate you guys taking my call today. And if you could put me on hold so I could hear your response, I'd appreciate it. Sure. Now, I'm, I'm an objective Cowboy fan, right? So I'm not – your regular run-of-the-mill cowboy fan. I, I coached for a little <laughs> sure. while. Sure. <too>. <laughs> I'm just so kidding. Go ahead. When your co-host said that it was not a historical, a historic meltdown, he's absolutely right. He's spot on. And here's the issues I have, right? You get run on for 200 yards in three consecutive games, right? You can't set the edge on defense because they're running outside, which now I've got a problem with Dorrance Armstrong. I've got a problem with with Dante Fowler. And I've got a problem with Demarcus Lawrence because you still got to set the edge in the run game. They can't do that right now. The second problem I have is, like she said, is with Kellen Moore's situational play calling. Right. I'm not talking about his overall play calling. I'm specifically talking about his situational play calling, right? If it's third and three, the way you've been running the football, and even if it's Malik Davis, right. now I'm not saying run up inside on the interior, but what I am saying is run off tackle, right? If it's the, And the way they've been running the ball, I would say they probably would have gotten a first down had they run the ball. But the stuff I'm talking about with Kellen – you know, they run it up in there for six and a half at one point in the game. He calls a rollout pass. They don't block it well. Dak's under duress. And then they wind up getting an intentional grounding penalty to put him in second and 21. Yep. Now, even though they overcame it against a better football team, if you get to the postseason at this point, if you get there, you don't get a first down. When you're back in second and 21, the problem with illegal grounding is it's loss of down and a 10-yard penalty. Yeah, I mean, they were in in second and long, third and long, Francois. Thank you for the call. We will put you on hold. Thank you for the call. They were overcoming it, which I guess is to their credit, but that's also, it was the penalties were just a killer. And by the way, some of those penalties were super weak. Uh, The Malik Davis run at the end, uh, that hold... So, and that kind of determined the game. It was like a 16-yard run that got wiped away, right? I know, and I didn't think that one was really... I, I never like holding calls, but you know what is interesting? And I worry about maybe the bigger lesson in this game is the way they were running and therefore neutralizing Micah Parsons. Is that a formula that everyone's going to say, you know what, I don't want to drop back against this guy. Maybe we start running at them more. Maybe people find a way to quiet down Parsons, that would be very, very bad. Well, coming up, uh, the Dallas's next two opponents, you're at Minnesota, Dalvin yep. Cook with a scary rushing attack. Then you play the Giants on Thanksgiving. Mm. Saquon Barkley what is, time? like, rejuvenated. What time is that Kirk Cousins game? That's everything. 425. Still get a little daylight. Ooh, not not going to be good. The first half Cousins could do well. The second <laughs> half, I'd watch out. 
I know. I was like, why couldn't they have flexed the Bills Vikings in a prime time for the love of God? <laughs> How about Big Dave? He's in Kentucky. Dave, how's it going? Uh, listen, it's been better as a lifelong Cowboys fan. Yep. Uh, my man there in front of me kind of stole some some of my thunder, but this is just such a Cowboys way to lose. I, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the stupid penalties. I mean, that's just the one penalty was bogus. It wasn't a holding call. But that doesn't matter. I mean, the uh, you know the hands to the face that was legit. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's so disturbing. And you know, listen, the recipe, which is not secret. Recipe to beat the Cowboys is to be able to run the ball. Yep. Plain yeah. and simple. You can't line up and throw against it because of the rush. But I mean, all the ingredients were here. McCarthy, McCarthy's coming back to Green Bay. You know, everybody had written Aaron Rodgers and the Packers off. They'd sucked, lost five in a row. I just seen the writing on the walls of Cowboys fan. Dave, when you saw the photo of Mike McCarthy walking into the game dressed like Vince Lombardi, when, what went through your mind? Oh my God! I mean, just <laughs> yeah, I mean, just. Just how fitting. I mean, just circus. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like a circus. Can't we just do what we're supposed to do? And I mean, hey. instead of, you know, I mean, it's always something. I mean, Jerry won't shut up. Big day. And then, and, and then, yeah, and then he, McCarthy comes out looking like the ghost of Vince Lombardi. I mean, for real? I mean, give me a break. Now, Big Dave, I know you're in Kentucky. Are you a Kentucky Wildcats fan? Because I missed the football game this weekend. How'd they do this Oh, weekend? you're rubbing yeah, salt. I'd rather not talk about that, McLovin. I mean, are you honestly going there? I mean, are you? I mean, honestly, dude, are you honestly losing to Vanderbilt? What? Yeah, I'm going are there. You, listen, let me let me tell you. Here's the thing. Um, uh, speaking of the Kentucky Wildcats, did you just see that DJ Wagner is the number one crew from the 2023 class in basketball? The real sport just committed to UK. Did you say? Wait, wait, wait. Remember the no, controversy no, no. about whether Kentucky was a basketball school or a football school? That was wait, a wait, fun wait, wait, week. Wait. You are not telling me there's a Wagner who's a number one recruit. So this is Dewan Wagner's son. Oh, or? it's not. Mm-hmm. We're not going to so, feel that old. Milt are we? Wagner. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, Milt's grandson, right? Wait, wait. Milt Wagner who's in the NBA in the 80s. Yeah, he he's actually on U he's actually on U of L staff. They hire him thinking that that's gonna it's gonna lock up DJ's recruiting, but of course his dad played for Cal. So yeah, he just at promptly three o'clock, uh, he made his announcement to UK. So Yeah. Uh, Calipari, oh. he 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 gets him in, man. I that listen, makes, here, I hate here, this. It makes me feel so old when these guys uh sons. Yeah, now- but listen. Yeah. Listen, I got a scoop. I got a scoop. You guys write this down. You heard it here first on your show. Here's the way this plays out. Our recruiting class next year is absolutely <laughs> loaded. Listen, Cal, listen, Cal, Cal, we win it all next year, okay? Cal rides off into the sunset. You heard it here oh, first. Oh, look at that. Okay, we will write that down. I was going to say, Kentucky winning a title really isn't something we're going to write down, but if you think Cal's going to retire after Kentucky that, having the number one recruiting class is definitely something we're not going to write down. No, no, that's just every <laughs> that's year. That's business as usual. No. But there's another Wagner. who's. I remember when Dewan was the number one recruit, and Absolutely. that was exciting. Wow, it's unbelievable. So, but I don't feel so bad because Milt Wagner was actually drafted in 86 and played into the 90s. So it doesn't, it's not like he played, uh, you know, with George Mikan back in the 50s. <laughs> but still, yeah, we're that... starting to get the grandkids now. Oh my gosh. Rich is in California. Rich, what's up? Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, just trying to say that Aaron Rodgers owns my Cowboys. I seen this coming from two weeks ago. The Lions' victory for the Packers really, well, loss really springboarded this victory for the Cowboys. You know they was going to bring it. 
I had no clue what the coaching staff was doing, being up 28-14, not running the ball. Just my thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah. yeah I, no. Rich, with you. I, yeah, thank you that, for the call. That, I agree with the, his thinking. The Packers lost to the Lions, a game they should have won by 25 points. Yeah. was definitely a catapult into this game. The Packers played that game like everything was on the line. Well, this is all. This is what I'm wondering about for the Packers. Which way does this go? Is this halfway through the season now, he, and he looks healthy? Christian Watson is going to have this breakout rookie year, and it just yeah. took him a few, you know, half the season and getting healthy to sort of, you know, get his feet under him. Or was this a one-off? So this, uh, the big question is Aaron Rodgers' thumb, which it looked like he hurt again. His numbers are just terrible. Ever since he, they were great before he hurt the thumb. Yeah, it, I can't disassociate this question with Tom Brady. Is it the same thing with the Bucks rams game? Was that drive against the Rams all the impetus they needed and therefore the same thing? I don't know. Is that stupid? But I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are somehow connected. No, they're definitely connected because they're the two old guys in the league. Yeah, they're you the know? two old guys. Well, now Matt Ryan's back on the scene. So <laughs> I guess we have to put him back in the conversation. Who's actually younger than both of them, but runs like he's older than both of them. <laughs> How do you run for 40 yards? Uh, Mark is in Miami. Mark wants to talk about Tua. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey, guys. Yeah, um, man, Tua right now is the best quarterback in the league. Yeah, you heard that. I said he's the best quarterback in the league. Um, they're 7-0 since he's played. Obviously, he missed the three games. But, man, he is playing at an all-world level, not just the intermediary passes, the deep ball so much for all those critics who said he can throw the deep ball. You give this guy weapons, he's just picking apart teams and uh, – the, the Bills and Chiefs better hope the Dolphins don't get uh, home field because they're not going to come down to Miami beat this team because what Mike McDaniels has done with these receivers, with Waddle and obviously uh, the Cheetah, but now they, they got other guys. The three, four receivers in, in Sherfield and Ingold are lights out. Gasecki, and now you got the, the two guys from San Francisco he got in. Oh, in Jeff Wilson Jr., yeah. amazing. I mean, that run game obviously looks much better than when Chase Edmonds was there. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they can beat you so many different ways. And, and right now, Tua, he's playing better than Mahomes even. And I just love the way he's locked in and focused. And defensively, uh, they lost Ogba last, uh, last yeah. yesterday, which is going to be kind of a beater. But, hey, they got to you traded for Bradley Chubb. And look at Chubb yeah, yesterday. Exactly. So, I mean. Yeah, with the Texans. But uh, other than that, they got a, they got a stretch here where they're going to be playing some elite competition with the, the 49ers, Chargers, the your Bills again. And then they're going to play the uh, the Packers and Patriots. So a tough stretch after this layup against the Texans. But guys, I'm, I'm dreading the Bills. Rip out our hope, man. They overtake them because I'm saying right now that there no team's going to come into Miami beat this Miami team if they have home field. That's how good they are and locked in. And with these weapons, uh, good luck trying to slow them down. And Mike McDaniel's is an absolute genius. Well, your thoughts on that? Thanks for the I, I would mention the O line is amazing too. Yeah, Miami's online. They what they did to Miles Garrett yesterday was unbelievable. How about uh, you know what? I'm slow to the Tua bandwagon, but I would not mind Tua Tagovailoa versus Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl. That would work for me. A little, A little Alabama, Alabama reunion matchup. So Eagles Dolphins. What do you think? Um, I agree. <laughs> how much pain that would inflict on me personally. It's incalculable. <laughs> but and, but me aside, uh, yeah, sure, that'd be a fine Super Bowl. Here, here's the thing about um, about Mark's point. Man, he's so freaking right. Miami, no, he's, he's wrong about one thing. Miami getting home field, I yeah. think, would be devastating. for. I, I think that that's a true home field advantage. We see teams go down to Miami and lose all the time, especially when it gets you know into the later months. 
for as much as Buffalo needs the home field advantage, in my opinion, if Miami has it, that makes them even more dangerous. I, I don't think the AFC is going to work like that. I think it's going to be like last year where it's wide open and a team like Cincinnati can come along and upside everyone. No one's playing better than Patrick Mahomes. He might be yes. playing equal to Patrick Mahomes. He's I think not playing just, better than Mahomes. I think that's, they're both playing about the same yeah. right now. Uh, maybe Okay, I understand statistically, but Mahomes... There's no reason to denigrate him because he's on fire right now. Well, just use, you know, you always do this, the neutral field thing. Yeah. What happened right now if the Chiefs and Dolphins played on a neutral field? Who would oh, be the, favored? Oh, the Chiefs. Right. So that, I mean, what, I think, what would what do you think the Chiefs, uh, I'm sorry, the Dolphins-Bills line will be when they play in Buffalo? Well, that's different because it's in Buffalo. So they're but probably going to get a little. But on a neutral field, I think you'd say minus four Bills? Um, I don't think the Bills would deserve that line, though. But I think Miami's lack of real competition, as as the caller mentioned, is why people are having trouble gauging really how good they are. But there is a lot of talent there. By the way, on the other side, we're not going to mention it all the show. I do want to mention Trevor Lawrence looked like the real deal against the Chiefs. They had no chance of winning that game. Yeah. He's a good quarterback, and he's really fast for a big guy. He is a good quarterback. That game had a little of everything. Start the game off with the onside kick. I mean, yeah. it was just a, that game had like every pot. It was like a bingo card. Yeah, I, I didn't mind that game. It wasn't it wasn't meaningful or close at <laughs> no, any point. No, Mahomes threw what four touchdowns yesterday. Yeah, it was like a little hors d'oeuvre compared to the main course of the Bills, <laughs> Vikings, and the yeah. Cowboys, Packers. I know, and then all indigestion for the rest of the night off of that main course. At least for me, eight five five two one two four CBS eight five five two one two four two two seven. See you guys on the phones. Continue to get to your phone calls as well, and we will Stu cover your ears, earmuffs. We will get to the Raiders. I have never heard comments like these coming from a team that we thought was going to be at least a playoff team when the year came in. Right. The comments after the game are alarming. There's no other way to put it. This is a team that's in full free fall. We will get into that in just a moment. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Don't move more Maggie and Pearl off. Straight ahead. Uh, the hits keep coming. People calling in about the Bills. Tragic loss to the Vikings. If you want to make fun of Maggie, call 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Not make fun of. I mean commiserate. It's not that bad, Maggie. It's week 10. The only person who can seriously commiserate with me or who actually has it worse than me right now is Stu. And everyone knows that. No, no, no. And that's why I'm pointing it out. I totally disagree. (laughs) Stu has it way worse than I do. No, no, no. no. Stu's fine. Like, if you're going to go down and be 2-8 and or whatever they are, The the Raiders, you might as well go down spectacularly. It's better to... Uh, lose like Stu than to fumble a ball at the one yard line and give the win back to the Vikings. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, what what pick do the Raiders have right now? Second overall. But they, wait, do they have that pick? There. Do they have that? They, they have, have the pick. They, so. And they're only a half game back of number one, which is Houston, who's won seven and one. So that tie has got Houston in there. <laughs> so that's a good deal. Wow. Stu, you so know, you should be, <laughs> Stu, you should be rooting for tanking. I'm rooting for tanking. That's what I'm doing now. That's it, the only thing they can do. Is that what happened? Is that what the Colts and Jeff Saturday beating you did is turned you into a tanker? Yes, definitely. Honestly, uh, before that, even the week before, the loss to the Jaguars up. kind of set me in that direction, but this was the nail in the coffin. But the shut question up, is, is Josh McDaniels going to be the team to lead that tank after next year? Well, that's the problem. I mean, if oh, after next or, year? Or a- after this year. I was going to say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it now. This guy's got you this far. <laughs> he yeah. could tank you all the way to the top pick, and then you got to wave goodbye to him. Uh, to be honest, I think it's malpractice now if you don't fire him because it's so egregious how much talent is on this team. And I know they're they're battling injuries. I get that. So is every team in the NFL. 
No, 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 no. That I don't buy that argument at all. Like they're battling serious injuries. Okay, they're battling serious injuries, but they still have a lot of talent there. And it's not like they're losing to the Super Bowl champs here. They're losing to everybody and anybody. <laughs> they lost to the Colts. I mean, this was more insulting than anything. Think about Josh McDaniels, right? Think about the Super Bowls and the plotting, scheming, like the uh, offensive you know, workshops you've sat through, the amount of tape you've watched, you just lost to a first-time play caller. This guy, Parks Frazier, got the job on Tuesday. You've been doing this for 20-plus years, Perloff. That, to me, yeah. is the indictment on Josh McDaniel. I mean, I don't even know why. They lost 24 nothing to the New Orleans Saints. Another the, another notch on a, their A belt. defense who could not stop any other team in the league, and somehow they get shut out by them. But I do think injuries are a big part of it. I, I It's funny, I'm not judging McDaniels as badly as you guys. I feel like, yeah, he's a bad coach, for sure. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel you're like are killing Stu. Stu needs the pile on, and you're not doing it. It feels like kind of a lost season. If you bring in a rookie next year, you you get out of Derek Carr's. Are you sure Josh McDaniels, after what he did with Mac Jones, isn't a guy to help? He's a quarterback coach. Maybe he's, I don't know. Give him one more chance here. Can we hear from Derek Carr? Can we hear from Derek Carr, who probably could have been broken 10 other times in his Raiders career, yet was <laughs> the moment that he just couldn't take it anymore? I love Josh. I love the car. I love our coaches. You know, I'm sorry. Derek. Um, you know, to finish that, sorry for being emotional. I'm just pissed off about some of the things that a lot of us try and do just to practice. What we put our bodies through just to sleep at night. And for that to be the result of all that effort pisses me off. Pisses a lot of guys off. It's hard. And I wish everybody in that room felt the same way about this place. And as a leader, that pisses me off, if I'm being honest. Man, give the guy the Oscar. I, I don't be- I think he <laughs> believes it, but that was so delivered like it was a movie, was it not? No, it reminds me more. Do you guys know that clip of when that guy is talking to the pro wrestlers and he goes, I just want to thank you for everything you put your body through? And then Ole Anderson goes, Settle down, man. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ever hear that one? I'll play it. You know, you've never heard the pro wrestling guy? Oh, it's the best. It sounds exactly like Derek Carr. Well, I mean, first of all, what he's talking about in that clip, like, is pretty alarming, actually. Like, what are these guys putting in their bodies? Maybe if we thought about that and sat down, it'd probably make us have to do some real soul-searching about the sport. But that aside, I mean, Derek Carr, think of all the horrible things that have happened, how many lows he's had in his Raiders career. The dude has been there for how many years, Stu? Nine? He's never won a playoff game. And yesterday is what cracked him. And beyond that, you had Devontae Adams, who was talking about how the team is not trusting each other, not staying together. Can we hear a little Devontae? Don't got enough guys that are that are fully bought into that right now. And I think people like the idea, but when it's time to actually execute, it's, it don't turn out that way. Is that is that the problem, that guys aren't bought in? I don't think it's a, a buy-in. I don't think people are like, you know, F what he's talking about or, you know, I'm going against the grain. It's just about a matter of executing when it's time. Nice little homage to Perloff Thank right you. there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Devontae. Um, little yeah, against I mean, the grain. It's all bad, and I guess it's worse for him because he left Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers hasn't really worked out. I don't know. Uh, if they get everybody back in the same building next year, they're going to have, presumably, maybe a new quarterback. 
ironically, Derek Carr will probably be in Indy with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> As they, they string <laughs> together more veteran quarterbacks. They have Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs to start a team. I, I feel like you would just start over next year. Is this, I'm not, with I don't Josh feel, McDaniels? That part, no, I would not start over with Josh McDaniels. I think they might do that. But I don't think this is all, all is lost for, for the Raiders. It just wasn't meant to be this year. Also, they clearly have to improve the offensive line. Well, that's for sure. The one thing where I feel like McDaniels basically wrote his own pink slip is yesterday when he said about the losses and having to talk after them said, it's like a broken record. It's like, that's you, dude. That's your message. And the funny part is you've got on the other side a coach who doesn't know anything about the team. He just got, well, he was a consultant. A coach who doesn't know anything about the team steps in and motivated those guys to win. Yet here's McDaniels, and he's he himself is saying his message is a broken record. Like, dude, find another way. I mean, isn't that part of it with coaching? If one message doesn't get through to the team, don't you have to try a different tactic? I don't know. I think maybe... You're overrating the ability of a head coach to have any impact whatsoever. Look what Jeff after Saturday Jeff Saturday, just did. after <laughs> Jeff Saturday, I'm convinced that the head coach is just a figurehead. Kind of like you know how I feel about baseball managers. I feel like if you trained an animal the right way, they could hand in the lineup <laughs> card and do. They do nothing. They do zero. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think they would have left they Zach make, Wheeler in the game? They do four. They make four decisions a game and get paid ten million dollars a year for that. It makes no sense. I know anyone can put Alvarado in. <laughs> oh, anyone could have done that. Is that does that make you feel better? I mean, yeah, this, actually, these it are, did. Okay. actually, it did. We got to Game Six of the World Series and we had eighty-seven wins on the season. I, you cannot make me feel bad about the Phillies. There's no reason they should have been there. I know, and I'm going to sit here, and the Eagles are going to go to the freaking Super Bowl. I can see it now, and I'm just going to be like, I'm so happy for you, Pearl. But it's not. It's not just that. I mean, there's fifty-nine reasons I have to be happy about Joe Allen beating the Sixers. <laughs> not doing it on a football Monday. Not doing Joe Allen beating scoring fifty-nine. 59 points and seven blocks, Maggie. Well, it wasn't 60. How about that? <laughs> He's got to do it on a, on a Thursday or Wednesday. Not <laughs> Sunday. True. Yeah. Sunday night is totally lost. Uh, let's go to, uh, we haven't heard from any Vikings fans yet. Scott is in California. Hi, Scott. How's it going? Hey, guys. You know, uh, love your show. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Uh, due to you, I can't watch the movie Invincible without thinking of Burloff and definitely Maggie. I'm a ardent Viking fan. I called in before. I was the guy who called in when you uh, kind of said the other day when you were worried about Josh, if he was going to play or not. Right. It's just the Vikings. But I tell you what, I can't, I can't brag. I can't, I can't like put it in your face because that was arguably the most interesting game I've ever seen as a Viking fan. And uh, I was in a sports bar and there's like multiple TVs and the one o'clock games, the later games were coming on. But when we went into overtime, Half the screens in that whole place turned back to the Viking game, as a Viking Bills game. Yeah. And I just, I kind of, I can't, I can't, I, we didn't dominate. It was just a crazy nuts game. But uh, this year is different than last year. The Vikings are winning games late. They're coming back. They have resilience. I still get, I still heard it earlier today. We haven't played anybody, but we're eight and one, and we just played the Bills. Yeah. So. No, you know you've, what you think. you've got the signature win, Scott. You've got the win of the season, quite frankly. Congratulations to your Vikings. Even yeah. if it wasn't dominant, to win on the road like that and to overcome, like when Kirk Cousins gets stopped at the goal line, I was like, it's over. This is it. I, they won the game. Like, that's it. And the fact that they battled back, I mean, listen, took advantage of some Bills miscues, nah. but battled back. I give I give the credit to the Vikings. 
I don't know. Uh, you look at the this number is getting thrown around a lot. I think their point differential is plus thirty four, and they're eight and one. That's not good. They're playing way too many close games against kind of injured teams. Listen, it's not the NCAA. It's not college football. You don't go for style points here. I think any time you can win in the NFL, like that's good enough. They, you know, the team that I hear them compare to last year's Titans. That mm. makes sense to me. Ooh. Beating up on a that's bad division, nice. make the playoffs, be a high seed, and then go out in the playoffs. Honestly, how high are you putting the bar? The Vikings made so many mistakes, too. How many times did the right guard step on Kirk Cousins' shoe and cause some sort of chaos? <laughs> well, they also lost their... Did they lose their left tackle during the game? And they had a, and a replacement, because I know they moved Vaughn Miller over to the other side, and he started to wreak a little bit of havoc. I mean, I thought they overcame stuff, but yeah, it was weird how he kept stepping on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, they, they had trouble executing basic plays a lot, too. So Yeah, they couldn't get the quarterback sneak. The Bills just returned the favor. I love Kevin O'Connell, though. That guy always looks kind of happy. <laughs> we, you like tell, that about your football coaches? No, like normally I don't like it. You got to look mean and upset all the time, but he's the opposite. He looks like he just got off the beach in California and he's ready to go, and it's working. <laughs> yeah, you're going to berate the officials with a smile yeah. on your face. I just don't think the message is going to get through. No, but it's weird. Kevin O'Connell, we have no image of him whatsoever. He has not really made any impact, and he's a candidate for Coach of the Year, and I can't remember one quote he's had all year. No, I don't think it's about that, right? I think... The one thing that's sticking out from the Vikings is they're winning and they're plane rides. Yeah, I know. First they, of all, they the, didn't do it last night, though. No, they did. Patrick, well, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. But they didn't do Kirk Cousins. It's not funny when no. Patrick Peterson does it. It's Kirk Thuggins. It's not. <laughs> it's only funny when they do it with Cousins, right? It should have been Jefferson. I mean, I know Peterson had the two big interceptions, but Jefferson was the reason they won that game. Well, yeah, but when you're not going to do Kirk Cousins, I don't know. Do you think Kirk did the right call to to nip it in the bud and stop doing the funny plane celebrations? No, I think it's cool that it goes around to each guy now. It is going to... It's like handing someone the championship belt, you know, or whatever these teams do. Come on. Are we going to care anymore if it's not (laughs) Kirk Cousins? It's all about Kirk Cousins, the biggest dork in the world trying to look cool. I mean, if I was a Vikings fan, I would have gotten a kick out of it. Okay, but it's definitely not going to make national shows if it's, if it's, it's not, not going to have Adam Schefter well, go shirtless on Monday Night Countdown. Oh, gosh, I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I was thinking, what's the number that makes you do that on national TV? Well, you <laughs> we know Schefter's number is really high, so that he's going to do it. Well, Schefter is a workout warrior. He works out a lot. You you know, you might not have seen it. He looks really good, decent I shape. No, I, I wasn't looking that closely, but it's just the idea that like Schefter gets paid like what? $8 million a year Probably. or something like that. So 8 million is obviously his number. We're like, listen, Adam, we're going to need you to go shirtless here on Monday night. No, no, no. I, I think Adam works out a lot and wanted to do it. Oh, we want to show really it off, do. show off the guns. Yeah. I don't think a producer would make him do that. I think you ask. You ask. Schefter would make the ask. Like, listen, Adam, yeah. a few of us were talking in the back. I don't make enough, really like, cool. don't even look at me. <laughs> I, I go shirtless for the right number. If the Jets sweep the Bills, I'll go shirtless. Dude, you'd go shirtless for Tasty Thursday. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're not the bar. Yeah. Did you see how excited I got when we had those uh, peppermint Frosties yeah. handed out for free? I oh, mean, wow. like, free Frosties, like, that's it. <laughs> shirtless like, and pantless. like, Sam, to put your clothes back on. <laughs> it's a free small Frosty. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get too excited. So good. <laughs> 855-212-4CBS. See you guys. Promise we will get to your phone calls. We want to hear from you. We love that you're calling in and telling us what you thought about yesterday. We have pro-offs against the grain coming up. We have our MVP watch coming up and so much more. Question for you. Would it be now malpractice for the Raiders not to fire Josh McDaniels? 
must they must fire this guy, right? You cannot lose to Jeff Saturday and the Colts. You cannot and still keep your job. Not to mention all the blown double-digit leads and everything that's gone wrong for the Raiders this year. Let us know what you think. 855-212-4CBS. Time for a CBS Sports Update. Here is Rich Ackman. This portion of the program is sponsored by Prevagen. Prevagen is the most recommended memory support brand by pharmacists. Now, Perloff wants to guess what is the memorable Washington-Philadelphia Monday night matchup that is part of our Prevagen sponsorship. So, with Prevagen, we talk about great matchups between the Washington and Philadelphia franchises. But I think you're going to stick to Monday night because I've been seeing this clip all week long. Michael Vick opens the game, throws a 90-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson. It's the greatest. It was about 2012 or so. Eagles beat the Commanders, or form of now Commanders. Is that the one he picked? Nope. <laughs> Not ah. even close. <laughs> one of the most memorable matchups between the Eagles and Commanders came on November 12, 1990. It's called the Body Bag Game. It was a Monday night football matchup where Philly won by a score of 28-14. to The Eagles' defense scored two touchdowns. Reggie White had two sacks and a 33-yard interception return. And nine members of the Washington team were knocked out of the game, including two quarterbacks, Jeff Rutledge and backup Stan Humphreys. The Commanders wow. led the rival lead this rivalry, winning 88 times to Philly's 83, but Philly won both matchups in 2021. Did you look at the Vic game? <laughs> I, I, I thought when I looked He up, wants partial credit. When I did the research for this, that did come up, but this game right here was predominantly number one on all the lists I looked did at. Did Stan Humphreys, by the way, didn't he lead the Chargers? Was he yes. with the Chargers in the Super Bowl? Yes. That's amazing. That was the Stan Humphreys, yep. The body bag game. <laughs> but by the way, Such a great name. I don't even think Buddy yeah. Ryan was there yet. Maybe he was. I think he was. Okay. In what was, I read, I, th- I think yeah, he was. Yeah, body bag, yeah. Buddy Ryan makes sense. Yeah. Man. I mean, the guy went put a bounty out on the opposing kicker. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was when football was good. Yeah, I know. Well, at least, uh, you know, I lament all the ways that the Bills lose in such spectacular fashion. Like, why can't they just lose normally? At least I don't have the body bag game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to uh, you know, the, the lovely memories. Thank you, Previgen. Uh Got to go to... Let's do a quick against the grain, baby. Okay, let's do it. Against the grain. Now, I know there are a lot of callers on the line, and we will get to you, but there have been so many non-football football stories that I've been dying to talk about. I just want to knock them out. We're going to do the top five off-field football stories from Sunday. Go ahead. Okay. All right. Let's start with number five. Some of them have sound. Some of them don't. Number five is easy. Uh, it's been mentioned. Mike McCarthy showing up as Vince Lombardi. It's one of the craziest <laughs> things I've ever saw. Mike McCarthy without a hat. I hadn't seen him without a hat. In about six years, he should put the hat back on. Anyway, that was great. That's when I knew for sure that the Packers were going to win. And McCarthy, uh, of course, did not coach like Vince Lombardi. Okay. Trying to make a moment. All right, number four. Can you play the sound of Christian McCaffrey's mother? It reminds them of how Mike Shanahan used Terrell Davis. And Ed really wanted Christian to play for Kyle. He said Kyle was born to coach. Okay, now if you're watching this game, you know that's not what was happening on the screen. Because as Christian McCaffrey ran into the end zone for an easy touchdown, the Chargers weren't even set. Lisa McCaffrey is seen very, very, very clearly on camera screaming, 
blank yeah <laughs> to somebody right next to her <laughs> about the uh, touchdown. Uh. It was simply awesome. Uh, I love the McCaffrey family. That uh, is a clear F-bomb. Yes, it was pretty wonderful. I, I hope they didn't show that on TV because I don't want to get us in trouble. Okay, number three, what a weekend in Germany. Thank God Tom Brady won because the news came out today. Giselle's got a new bow. I saw it. Giselle is dating mystery a jujitsu instructor to make Tom <laughs> feel even worse. But we do have some sound that was used all weekend long after Tom Brady fell on a route where he, he was mysteriously running around and Leonard Fournette threw it to him. Let's play that. Wow. Everyone would say Tommy cannot throw the ball and catch the ball because he, he definitely fell can't down. catch. He fell down and there was an interception by the Seahawks. It's so funny because earlier in the game he was wide open. Nobody bothered to cover him. You never throw to Tom Brady. They should have learned <laughs> that in the Super Bowl. Okay, number two, great moment in Germany. Uh, first of all, the whole game looked like a gigantic party. The yep. beer steins they were using seemed illegal. They were so big. But towards the end of the game, let's hit it. The crowd gave us this. Half those people could find West Virginia on a map. That was the German crowd. <laughs> no, but that must be a go-to karaoke song in Germany, right? Dude, and John, you love karaoke. John Denver, you just, you can't keep the guy down. I, sw- I kid you not, true story, on our honeymoon in Thailand at a bar, people playing country roads. Yeah, it's a great international uh-huh. song. I love the Germany. The, the whole crowd. They love football there more than we do. It's <laughs> totally bizarre. I will okay. say this, and Stu can attest this real quick as well. In European soccer, they sing a lot of songs. Like Beatles are very highly displayed. I'm assuming that in Germany, this is a song that's just sung for some reason at one of the stadiums for one of the teams. And a lot of these songs are just sung, and it's part of like the team's yeah. like fun in the in the crowd. They clearly knew the words. <laughs> oh my god! Like it was crystal them. clear. It's and like wow, you, the third verse too. Whoa! And you can hear a bit of a German accent. Yeah, in there a little too. bit. <laughs> uh, okay, but to me, the number one non-football football moment of the week by a mile happened in your Bills-Vikings game. Let's hear the sound. Third and three. Cousins looks to throw. Lofting for the end zone. And Jefferson! Touchdown, Minnesota! Jefferson, two big catches on the drive. And did he just hurt himself in the celebration? <laughs> Grab that hamstring. You hope that he was just messing around. This is some kind of sick joke or something. <laughs> I, I mean, if you're a Vikings fan, this is... By far the worst touchdown celebration <laughs> I've ever seen. Because I still can't figure out, okay, am I kidding? Because Brian O'Neill comes over and shoves him. Is he like, why did you push me? That was unbelievable. Justin Jefferson with the fake hamstring oh pull during gosh. the gritty. Because he's had the gritty co-opted by everybody in the NFL, everybody off the field. Even I've done it. So to add you did to the it next for level, Justin Jefferson? Yes. He faked a hamstring injury and confused the broadcasters. That's unbelievable. I mean, he had a perfect day otherwise. I, I know that his big catch was the historic moment of the game, but faking a hamstring injury during a gritty was amazing. Maggie. It was so mean, too, because it gave me a glimmer of hope. I was like, oh, my God. Maybe Justin Jefferson is going to be on the no, game. No, this you. is amazing. And I was like, oh, wait, it's a trick. Oh, no. I feel stupid. <laughs> I didn't tweet about it, though. You have to admit. 
Even though he beat your team, he is hard to dislike. Justin Jefferson. He's a, no, I, I think he's great. I think he's amazing. Wow. Those are some good against the great. It was a good week. It was, it a, was good a very good week. weekend to watch football. I mean, he taught Perloff how to gritty. So at the very end of the day, like, you can't not like the guy. No, he's Except, a friend of the show. We've got his Polaroid right over my shoulder. By the way, I probably would pull my hamstring trying to gritty. <laughs> that is no joke. If you see me pull up lame, that's a real injury. It's not fake. Let's go to Mark. He's in Pennsylvania. Mark, how's it going? Good. How are my TV buddies doing? We're doing great. I want to talk about how Greg Brady all of a sudden thinks he's a wide receiver. Now, <laughs> Brady. Oh, oh, I get it. Brady Bunch now, joke. It, it looks like he pretended to slip because if his old ass catches that ball and one of these safeties comes over and knocks his ass out, is that his ass? <laughs> his career ends in Germany. <laughs> That Mark, brings up a great point. Do you think it that, didn't like, even cross my mind. If you're a cornerback, do you want the pick or you want to lay Brady out? <laughs> I, I don't catch that ball. I let Brady catch it and I just level him. Oh, my gosh. Brady without the protections of being the quarterback just to take out Tom Brady. Do you think Brady, Do you think that crossed Brady's mind? He's like, I better go down here. And by the way, it's not only was he getting covered, he's getting covered by arguably the new best cornerback uh, in the entire league. And Tariq Woolen is unbelievable <laughs> for the Seahawks. And not only was he not alone, he had a number one shutdown cornerback on it. Like, what did they expect to happen? Well, what if Lynette like, see? Also, like, Justin, things are starting to go good with Tom Brady. I know. Why would you do this? <laughs> that like, was exactly it. I thought the Bucks are finally having their breakout moment, and they're about to blow it. Yeah, and they almost blew that game. That was pretty close. Uh, do we have two seconds here for JJ? JJ, what's up? Hey, I wanted to touch on that Raiders real quick. You, you know how you guys keep talking about the Raiders, and and he he played a clip about Carr talking right there, and he was just like, "I wish guys would, you know, care like I care." It didn't seem like it's in that locker room, and I just think Roger Goodell made a big mistake by putting a team in Vegas because ain't no oh, coach. Oh, you know what? Hey, Ain't no coach going to be able to hold that down. Belichick couldn't even hold down Patriots. Hernandez went crazy there. Ain't no coach going to hold that down. Ever since they had a team, it's been nothing but, what, Yeah. guns, killings. JJ, I'm sorry we have to cut you off. We're up against the break, but interesting point, though. The Raiders, though, as a franchise, have had trouble for long before Vegas. That is an interesting point. Also, they made the playoffs last year. Despite all of the negativity, and they fought through it. We'll talk more about it on the other side. Maggie and Proloff, don't move. More heads.